In the year 2026, archaeologists working in the Nevada desert discovered a portal to an ancient city on Mars. They call this portal the Ark. Twenty years later, we're still struggling to understand why it was built and what happened to the civilization that built it. Welcome to Laps Gamer Ballyhoo episode on Doom. Now, some of you might think this is quite apt at this moment. However, this has been planned months in advance, way before anything called Corona got involved. And this coincides with the release of Doom Eternal, which came out earlier this month. And joining me, fellow Space Marines, on this adventure, in adverted commas, um, it might not be an epic adventure, uh, Nick and Mark. <laughs> Hello. It's a pretty <laughs> <shit> adventure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have to say I I went in with quite low expectations and I was still disappointed. <sighs> See, I um, hadn't seen this since I was a student uh, and I may or may not have been inebriated when I watched it. And so, <laughs> for years since then, I've been defending it as being, like, a decent film. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm sorry about that. To any anyone who I ever said, who I recommended to watch Doom, I'm really sorry. You know when your memory did plays tricks on you? Yeah. I thought this was decent as well. Oh, we were wrong. We were so wrong. Yeah, I know. Two, I don't know what I was drinking in 2005, 2006. But it must have been some strong stuff. Turpentine. Tropical Reef. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway, all right. Before we get to it and reveal our true feelings, um, let's do a little bit about Doom itself. So Doom is, of course, based on the video game. The film itself is usually based around... Well, you say based. (laughs) I think... All right. It was, wasn't it around the time of like Doom 3 where it tried to go a bit more yes. horror? So yeah. you could kind of pick up yes. on that a bit. So anyway, yeah, loosely, loosely. Yeah, loosely based around Doom 3. Um, directed by Andrzej Bakovic of, um, now I looked at this, he directed some of um, Romeo Must Die, Jet Li's films. Quite a few of us. He, he did a bunch um, of sh- I saw he also did a Street moves. Fighter film, didn't he? He did. The Legend of Chun-Li. Yeah, he was, a, he was a cinematographer um, for most of his career. Yeah. Mm. Um, and he was responsible Speed. for the... Yeah, but, but also like Lethal Weapon 4 and mm. um, some other absolute trash. Um, yeah, his... His legacy as a director is not it's not great. No. Romeo must die, no. exit wounds, cradle to the grave, doom, <laughs> Street Fighter, The Legend of Chun Li, and then a Russian film called Maximum Impact. Yes. Some great films there. I mean Jet Li some of our Jet Li films are very watchable, you know. Mm, yeah. I think you should as probably watch film. them again. 
I don't want to. Exactly. I don't wallow in my memory of fondness. <laughs> Back to Doom, anyway. So, so it's 2005. Um, mostly based around Doom, Doom 3. The rights went from Universal to Warner Brothers and back to Universal and Universal finally released this film in 2006. Now, when we look at it, at the cast, there's quite a good cast on this film. We have Carl Urban, um, famous for Dread, and McCoy from Star Trek, and The Lord of the Rings, Rosamund Pike, really good actress, and Dwayne Johnson, aka The Rock in one of his early roles. So when you when you look at it, it's like, hmm, quite a good strike cast. Could be quite good. I mean, most of, from what I could see, most of those actors actually weren't very big names in 2005. No, I mean, Carl no. Urban was the biggest name. That's why he's top billed. Like, in retrospect, mm. you think, oh, maybe it should have been The Rock, but The Rock hadn't really done anything at that point. He no. was the bad yeah. guy in one of the Mummy films. Uh, and he'd been in an episode of um, Star Trek Voyager or Deep Space Nine. Yeah, um, it was, he was still trying sorry. to like, break into acting, wasn't he? So Yeah, I can't remember what the Star Trek episode is. It's well worth checking out, though, because he plays an alien but who like fights in an arena, but he's basically the rock and he like, even does like the people's eyebrow and everything. And <laughs> it's, it's really weird, but yeah, he wasn't like a big established movie star at that point. Rosamund Pike hadn't really done anything particularly mm. big. I think she'd been um, in fracture, but I mm, only know a couple that of big things. Yeah. And of course now mm. I, I like five minutes into the movie when she appeared, I was like, Oh, I know her from somewhere, and then I was like, mm. "Oh, it's uh, Amazing Amy <laughs> from uh, Gone Girl." Because yeah, yeah. So but, all of them went on and found. Like, I mean, like I guess like Dexter Fletcher was—he's never been yeah. like a big name, but he was. Uh, he was a bigger director, and he'd been in a lot, a lot of, a lot of films. Lockstock. Um, most of the cast I noticed was was British, mm. apart from Carl Urban and The Rock. Pretty much everyone else in the film's British, mm. all doing <coughs> various "Hey, I'm an American" accents, <laughs> like to greater or lesser degrees. This film, the box office made fifty-eight million. It cost between sixty and seventy. And I just want to know where the f- is sixty and seventy million in this film. So well, I where it went? No yeah, where it um. I don't know. This is the thing. I like. I, I'm. I've become kind of fascinated over the years with the cost of films. I look at the budget of a film mm. and try and work out where the money's gone, because um, there was a, there was a great video by uh, a two part video by Red Letter Media a few years ago about Jack and Jill, um, and like how much that film cost. It was either no, it was either Jack and Jill or it was like. Um, one of the other Adam Sandler films where it was really cheaply made, but it had lots of his friends in and it had like an mm. $80 million budget or something like that, which is kind of ridiculous. Um, I'm trying to work out where the money went. And obviously all the money went to Adam Sandler and his friends, but they, usually it's because when you've got a film like this with an inflated budget, it's because they've got big names in it. Um, 
that this hasn't. This is not the case. This film Ooh. costs like if you um, adjust for inflation between two thousand and five and and now, this film cost as much as the first two John Wick films combined. Um, and there wasn't even I'm, like there wasn't even that much com- CGI like amazing computer graphics really no either. there wasn't I mean, and, and what was in there looked bad like the did. cgi that's in there that looks bad mm. and the sets were like on a par with like star trek the next generation sort of level like almost like yeah. you could see you could probably you could imagine <clears throat> like the sets bending a bit if people lent on them like, everything looked cheap i was shocked when i looked up uh, to see when the film came out, because I couldn't remember when it came out, to see that it was 2005, because there are, like, 90s B-movies that have that look better than this film so does. So it was 80s B-movies yeah. in this one. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of films look better than this one. So it's considered a flop. Um in terms of box office, um, oh, and and um, critical acclaim as well. And critical acclaim, <laughs> right? It would be the, the critical reception. It's got like, like yeah. um, sub twenty percent, I think, on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, bloody hell. Yeah, yeah, it's not great. It's not great. Who picked this one anyway? What? You did. <laughs> You, you, we've got you to blame for this. I thought, you know, being quarantined for this period of time, I might be able to watch some good stuff on Netflix. But no, you made me watch this absolute trash, and I will never forgive you. Ooh. Yeah, but if you think about it, well, we're getting to the story. It's quite apt. Uh, story. <laughs> yeah. So, basic plot is scientists in a research facility. Um, on Mars, get attacked, essentially. Um, oh, you mean Dr. Carmack? Um, yeah. <laughs> and the Semper Marines in, and that's the basic plot. And that's the basic plot. So the film starts off, with, interesting enough, I quite like the start, because they take the Universal logo and they turn it into Mars, don't they? That's that the was, best thing about the film. That, I was about to say that is the best thing about the film. Maybe that's where all the budget went. And also oh. that subtitle that I sent a picture of last night that just said growling. So yeah, essentially Marines go to investigate why these people have been killed. Um so start off with scientists doing a runner from some sort of monster um down cheap corridor. Dr. Carmack and his heroic wisdom sacrifices a lady. I um, thought that was quite good, actually. The way um, the arm comes in, she's got the arm trapped, and it sort of just like slams up. I mean, it was a nice idea, but that arm looks mm. so cheap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't help with being in HD at all. No. No. And no. fuck it, or whatever, whatever you're watching that it on, it's, um, you know, like, the then the pictures now make certain things look really crap. This mm-hmm. one just just sends it down a toilet. It's yeah. a bit like um, there's that famous shot in the Matrix where they've they've like dressed the camera in the in the reflection of the door handle because obviously the Matrix they were just expecting people to watch it on video so it wouldn't really matter too much. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like that, but 
I'm pretty sure we had DVD in 2005, and yeah, I just thought it's awful. Yeah, I mean, yeah, DVD was around Ooh. then because um, yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, well, it was still. Well, we're not going to get into it. That was st- that was still in the middle of the format wars because remember the the mm. Xbox 360 launched that year, and yes. it had the option of like the, the HD um, DVD. HD DVD, mm. yeah. So it was like DVD being around for a while, and it was the beginning of Blu-ray and mm. HD DVD format war. So they yeah. should have known. Maybe so, they thought people still had Betamax or something. I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe you just see these growls all the time. Anyway, so nice effect. The beast bursts in, and then it goes to do the title screen, and then. It hits to a bunch of marines who are supposedly going to have gone on vacation. Now, whenever you see a bunch of marines in, in films, in science fiction films in particular, I always compare it to aliens. That yeah, think. that's exactly what I was thinking through that whole section of the film. Was like yeah. he really like wanted to make aliens. Yeah. Mm, yeah. But it's like but, none of the characters have any, any like even ounce of charisma of any of the casts of like the no. Marines from Aliens at all. No, none of them do. You know, like aliens when they come out of hyperspace, they have character. You've got them, you know, Bill Paxton, it's called, all ribbing each other. In that first scene, Cameron just creates loads of little snippets of and have alien um, character and have these. This Marine Corps is like friends with each other and have a history yeah. together. Yeah. This one, you you wouldn't think we've just been put together and you're know, just bunking down for the night. These lot, none of them. Yeah, really it's like none of the characters have ever interacted with each other before the no. the, the scene that they appear in. Mm. And it's just weird. I mean, you've got, was it Goat? Was it Goat? Yeah. Which one's Pop? Goat? There was definitely goat. a Goat in there. Is a good Portman. No, Portman's the one who gets killed. He's he's a slimy one. He's the one with the longish hair. Yeah, who's always yeah. like a sexual predator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he yeah. Tries to make him lech. He's just he's lecherous. Then you've got a. <sighs> then you've got the Rock. All right. I mean, what he does, he does his menacing stare all the time, and he does it pretty well. Um, throughout Hard Nose Sarge. Um, so essentially, they all get taken. A squad of Marines have to go to Mars now because it's really important to um, be ordered by the UAC. Um, another reference to Doom, the game. One um, of the few references to the game. Yes. And you're introduced to Rock Sarge, Cal Urban, who is Reaper. Then Reaper is told to stay on vacation and you find out later that he lost his parents in on Mars for some reason. There was a mass scientists were killed and then it it's not it, the, the, the script is rubbish. They it's reference not, it like two more times, I think, mm. in the entire film and then never resolve it. You never find out what happened to them. Just something happened yeah. to them. Maybe you'll find out in the director video sequel, which came out at the end of last year. No, you don't. <laughs> oh well, <laughs> you never know. Have you watched it? No, no, I haven't. I haven't. But it's a it's a completely different story. Um, <sighs> and went direct to DVD, but has a better rating on Rotten Tomatoes by about fifty. Oh, 
So I kind of want to check it out. Oh, yeah, we'll have to do that one. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> but you just think you're referencing something. So you're going to a planet where loads of people have been killed and we still built a research facility there and still people there. Mm, a bit weird, a bit strange. And basically, when Rock tells him to stay, you don't have to come. He knows his history. And of course, surprise, surprise, when we get him a helicopter, um, he comes, he turns up. Reaper, Cal Urban. They tra- travel, I don't even know, what is it called? Um, like... It's called the Ark. The right? Ark, yeah. Yeah, the Ark, so, which is like. This is one of the first moments when I had to like double check when this film was made. Is because like the arc is uh, like a bubble mm. that they get sucked in, and then this gets fired off through space, and then they land at the other end at this facility on Mars. Um, and the, and they puke up. the yeah, and they puke up, and um, it's basically exactly the same system that they that they used to transport from the film Galaxy Quest. <laughs> you ever seen that? Yeah, oh, it's brilliant. Yeah, it is brilliant. So Galaxy Quest predates that film by about six years, and that looks the, the special effects in that look significantly better. Yeah, um, for that transportation but, thing. Like it, honestly, the, I th- I, the 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 whole effect of that like watery blob thing they go in. <laughs> Looks worse than in the Abyss, which came out in the eighties. Mm, it was really not good, but I mean no. the like the idea of teleportation. I feel like that's kind of the Doom plot. Um, because Doom does actually have a plot. Yeah, it does. But that's and it's, what and that's what it should have been about. It, yeah, but I guess it's kind of like after the events of the original Doom, isn't it? Um, I guess, because the first Doom was, I, I'm pretty sure it was something to do with teleportation experiments on Mars, and then... Yeah, and they accidentally opened up the gateway to hell. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess it's kind of trying to bring a bit of the lore in. I know there's Except not a- for all the bits with hell. Yeah, none of that's in there. There's no demons. There's no. There's some monsters. No gateway to. The, there's some monsters. They but came from somewhere. Like to... well, <laughs> and the twenty-four we'll chromosomes. Yeah, uh, yeah, oh, which is God. weird. Yeah, we'll get into that, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So we got to this travel. Um, just a side note. Was reading about. Swatchnigger was offered the lead. Mm. Really. It was, yeah. yeah. Totally different was film. And Vin Diesel. <laughs> and I think I think The dead. Rock turned down the original role he was offered. Yeah, he was the lead. He preferred to go for Sarge, because Sarge had a darker side to him. Fair enough. So they travel to the facility and there. And sometimes I have to give a film credit because it's a... F- you got the female lead here, Rosamund Pike, and you um you can sense there's history between her and Carla Urban, and you think straight away you're thinking ex relationship, you know what's going on here, but it's not because all it's actually twins, brother and sister. Yeah, they look nothing alike. So good job and there. I, and I know, and the reason for their feud is he 
she went into research and followed the parents and he went off and did his own thing. There was but, there was a line in that conversation that really stuck out to me for just how bad the the dialogue in this film is. Um I think it was something along the lines of she says to him, um, don't you wish that you spent your life staring down a microscope instead of a sniperscope? And I thought that is just a bad <laughs> Eminem line if I ever heard one. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I realised we rejected scripts before this one. Oh. They were really bad. They Ryan, really? Because yeah. everything about this film smacks of like first draft. Yeah, no, like they they, they wrote it, like someone wrote it on like the back of a menu at a Denny's or something. And decided that's it. That's that's good enough. And then they didn't bother doing any rewrites at all. But they rejected scripts before this. Yeah. Oh god. That's I why hope it, they that's, exist somewhere. That's why it went from studio to studio. Nobody wanted this piece of. <laughs> <shit>. No. <laughs> <laughs> We've forgotten to mention um, another piece of terrible CGI: Dexter Fletcher's robot um, uh, wheelchair. Because he went through the arc thing at some point, and they hadn't. There's some line about how they hadn't li- ironed out all the the kinks from before, and like his top half ended up on Mars, and his bottom half ended up somewhere else, and so he's got this weird CGI wheelchair thing. Mm. Because this, this facility essentially is right near where the scientists are. At, it's essentially a doorway away, so we've got all these people in one area. And they have to go to this other area, which is essentially one bulkhead door difference. And they've locked it down and no one's gone in. So Marines have to go in. Um, and they go in. Um, but on the, and they wonder why they have to go in. because And the sky just shows because of this screaming on the phone. Um, good leading there. And... Um, we go in, we uh, split off into teams to locate all the scientists, all the doctors. They see various skeletons, heartbeats, a bit like, very much like aliens. When you see the facility, you know, you see all the face hookers in, um, say, is it, what, is, what is it, not saline solution, is it? What would they call it? I don't know. Um, formaldehyde. All right. That's uh, what they were in, like, then. Yeah. This is the thing, it's like, a lot of this film is like, misremembered bits from other films the whole thing with them like hearing that like like screaming recording on the the system and everything is like he half remembered that bit from event horizon and so decided to stick that in he kind of half remembered bits from aliens and tried to to cram those in but didn't remember anything about how to write good characters um probably played doom once a long time ago and remembered that there was a gun called the bfg um and it takes place on Mars, and that's about it. Yeah. Um, the BFG is there as well, and that's the Bioforce uh, gun. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it says on the screen. A Bioforce yeah. gun. Oh, and then I someone forgot. says like at a point a bit later on, is and he says like that's a big fucking gun. Yeah, slow clap. I forgot the bit. You know where they're in like the helicopter going to Mars. Or mm-hmm. whatever, and they're getting all their guns together, and the guns read off their names. Yeah, that reminded me of like you know, I don't know if you you guys, but when you were like fourteen and went to Laser Tag or Laser Quest, mm-hmm. and 
you always used to have like stupid names mm. and they'd say it on the gun. I don't know which referenced which, but I feel like there's definitely some kind of <laughs> reference there. Possibly, because that's got nothing to do with Doom. The gun doesn't say your name in Doom. No. <laughs> you have no name in Doom. No, you're just the Doom Marine. The Doom guy. Yeah. Anyway, to go around and eventually find Dr. Karmic, um with the woman's hand cradling it. And you have to question how much time has passed. Is it, must have been, is it hours? I don't even know. There's not even a sense of time in this film. Um, yeah, I've got absolutely no idea how much time has passed between the the the, the, the pre credits bit at the, be- the mm. beginning and then this point. Like they make they make no there's not even like a little flash up on the screen that says like three weeks later or anything like that. You got yeah. no idea how much time cool. has passed. No idea how much time they spend down there. Like no no sense of time passing whatsoever. No. Um, it. I just find it really weird because if if it's like hours, then you can fairly understand why the hand would be as it is. But if it's weeks or days, it's like, mm, is it going to be like that? And basically, Doctor Carmen's been ripped apart. Well, not ripped, but he's got his face has been sliced a bit. He's got a big uh, mark on the neck, which is really important. Is it? Um, well, <laughs> to the plot, it is. <laughs> because it, to the film and then he tears his own ear off for some big Van Gogh fan yeah so anyway they take him back and so they're coming through the bulkhead I think or is it the bio what's this bloody I don't know what the bio door thing the bio door I don't no, I don't understand it it's like it's a permeable <laughs> membrane that then turns solid at the flick yeah. of a switch that's weird, and yeah. it and it serves like yeah. no, no like uh, plot point whatsoever. It's just like they just chucked it in, I guess, because they thought it was a cool idea. I know, but it's it, it's dumb. Waste a bit some more of, budget. Yeah, well, yeah, but the effects on that look awful as well. It's like some <laughs> most of the doors are just doors, <laughs> but then there's like a select few rooms have got this weird bio door for absolutely no reason whatsoever. Those aren't in Doom. Um, yeah. Oh, I did notice there was like one one other Doom reference earlier on when they're um, right at the beginning when they're running away from the unseen terror. Um, she uses uh, to open up the what well, someone uses to open up a door one of the Doom keys, um, but that's yeah. I'm pretty sure I, I, that's probably another misremembered thing. They yeah. just remembered. Oh, there's keys in Doom. Yeah. We better show one at some point. Yeah, so they came in from one entrance and then they go through another entrance and later on you find the sewers in this place and you think, why the f*** the sewers? I don't know. I got, I have no idea. I, I lost all <laughs> understanding of the geography of where anything was in this facility. There's like an atrium where Dexter Fletcher and the survivors are hanging out. Uh, and then beyond that, like there's just a lot of corridors. There's a containment cell for some reason. With a well, you find out yeah. later on why there's a containment cell with electrified walls. Uh, and then sewers, yeah. yeah. And no idea why there's sewers. Yeah. And so 
they keep seeing like stuff running around. They find one like crazy looking dude yeah. who runs off, and then uh, do you know it's like every time they like spotted something that could be an enemy, instead of like doing anything that you would imagine like real soldiers would do, they just start they just start shooting wildly and then run after it every single time without fail. <laughs> they just start running around corridors. Firing their guns off like mad. Cheap corridors as Cheap, well. cheap, like, cardboard corridors. All right, and we're... Like I said, a couple of things. This was quite interesting. It was the PTSD. Because you've got you've got a new a rookie, a red shirt, to the group as well. Um, he needs some tablets. And... He needs some drugs. Stress. Yeah. He just, he just wants some drugs, and you get some drugs from this yeah. Eevee guy. And then... It's, I mean, what what, what point does that serve to the plot? Nothing. Well, it does I mean, I mean it means pissed. that Carl Urban can shout at him later on when he notices his pupils are dilated, but it doesn't serve any purpose in the plot. It's not something that comes back later on at any point. Yeah. I fully don't understand why that's in there. Mm. And then... Like, he's already... What? He's like he's a nervous rookie. That's all he needs to be. <laughs> And then the other one, um, Goat, he's the religious nut. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Carves a um, cross into his skin. Yeah, every time he takes the Lord's name in vain, he carves yep. a cross into his arm. And at a certain point later on, he quotes um, what I'm pretty sure is a made-up Bible quote. Um... Uh, what else does he do? Oh, yeah, when he thinks he's turning... He makes the sign of the cross and then smashes his head into a window a few times. Yeah. yeah. Again, it's like they decided to give these characters some sort of like odd character quirks. Like this guy oh, the 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 nervous guy like really likes drugs and the the skeevy guy likes he's a bit of a pervert and this guy's like a religious nut, but none of it serves any like purpose at all. None of it serves the plot in any way. None of it's like properly established or developed in any way whatsoever it's just like well we've got to give them something so they don't seem like robots and they still seemed like robots before Carnet disappears so so if we get Carnet to this facility uh, Rosamund Pike as it's Sam what she's called tells another doctor to leave because that doctor's husband is one of the scientists we're looking for but she can go look after her kid Um, and Carnet says shut it down Shut it down. Shut what down? Because it's never fully revealed to me what they have to shut down. It doesn't no matter. Idea. Just shut it down. <laughs> yeah, it so it was just like it's almost like well we'll, we'll start from one plot. But when halfway through the writer got bored with that one and forgot that he'd left this in, and you're like shut it down. Doesn't mean anything. Goes dead end. Anyway, Karnik disappears, and we just let him go, and then. And it's dealt with partly where the rock goes, where's Karnak? He gets really pissed off. He's asking Sam, well, he just left. What, no one goes looking after him? And then the rock gets distracted by one of his soldiers. Died. Something shiny. Uh, and then, <laughs> don't come back to it. You're like, hold on. This guy has disappeared. You've rescued him. He's been bit, um, ripped up. And then you just let him go. And no one goes, hey, let's go look for him again. <laughs> At every point when something like no one... You know how, like... We're going to have to keep coming back to this, but... 
<laughs> you know, like in a good film, like Aliens, um, when something like crazy happens, you have like like the characters don't know what's going on, but it's like it's clearly that the, the, like they're they're struggling to understand what's going on, and you've got like uh, Bill Paxton or Bill Pullman, whichever one it is, Bill Paxton, right? Paxton, Bill Paxton, Bill Paxton. Pullman's the president in Independence Day. Um, yeah. You got him freaking out, you know, game over, man, game over, and all that. Like, like whenever something like that, an equivalent weird shit happens in Doom, nobody like reacts at all. No, like, shit. no one seems to care about what's happening. So, <laughs> so they're meant to rescue these guys, but when this one of them disappears. I just like off. so, the the guy, the like the the guy who like cuts his ear off or pulls his own ear off, right? Whatever his name is, yeah, Kanek. Um, so they take him back to the um, the Bioforce facility. Yeah, they put him, take him back to the facility place, right? And then they put him in. He's done a bit, and then like Rosamund Pike notices that he's gone, hmm. and she doesn't think to tell anyone. No, she's just like, huh. That's weird. Mm. Never mind. And then yeah. just like carries on regardless with whatever the f*** she's doing. Like looking at weird blood samples. Mm. But so many things like that happen at various points. Like, so the... the um, jump around a little bit because I, I can't go through this film plot point by plot point because <laughs> I, I, I want to live through the whole thing again. But um, the religious nut guy uh, gets... Um, gets attacked and like the weird thing that the monsters spit out that attaches to the neck and then infects them and turns them as well or whatever it's tongue is like it? i don't know yeah so like he like so they're doing an autopsy on someone and like he straight up like gets up and he's turning and like smashes his head against the window a few times and then kills himself and just like and then like rosamund pike and the soldier she's with they just like stand there and watch it happen Mm. And then just get back on with what they were doing. Yeah, he's on the like floor. Like nothing happened. <laughs> and the rock comes in, and goes, "What happened to my soldier? Uh, he just smashed his head." Against oh, he just—he's just like, "Oh, he just killed himself." Mm. But and then the rock's like, "But he was already dead." Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> but again, the, the rock doesn't yeah. seem to like. He like he'll ask like a he'll ask a question like that like. Oh yeah, no, like what happened to him? Oh, he killed himself, but he was already dead. But then no follow-up questions beyond that at all. Um, he's, well, he just follows it. Look, like I don't know how how like um, you know promotion through the ranks works in the Marine UAC Marines in this world, but he's just terrible at his job. Completely, uh, like at every point, he just makes terrible choices. And when like stuff happens, he doesn't react to it at all. And he's no. just the same as the other Marines. Whenever he sees something that, that might be, um, you know, a, 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 a hostile, he just starts firing his gun wildly. <laughs> really? um, yeah, at one point, like he picks up the, the bioforce weapon and does his, like, oh, that's a big f-ing gun thing. And like has absolutely no idea what it is whatsoever. And like uh, a, a little bit later on, he spots uh, some creature climbing up into a wall after it's attacked one of his men, and he just fires yeah. this gun that he has no idea what it does, and it like <laughs> just straight up takes out a, like most of the wall, and is like dripping like plasma or something on the floor. Everyone oh. in this film is is just 
Oh. I started rooting uh. for the monsters. <laughs> oh. Should we talk about the monsters a little bit? Their design. Jeez. They're not demons. No. They're, they're not, not demons. demons. That's all. the thing. Like, they do all the enemies that you fight in Doom. That's the, that's the thing everybody knows about Doom, right? It's like you're the Doom guy and you fight demons. Mm, right? That's what you do. Like a portal opened up from hell and all these demons are coming through, so you're fighting demons. And like and I couldn't remember anything about the plot, and I'm I'm starting to forget all the bits about the plot, and I only watched the film yesterday. Um But it's got nothing to do with that at all. When they finally reveal what's created the monsters, it's like we found some ruins on Mars. Um, okay. That's weird. And we found a humanoid civilization, the remains of a humanoid civilization that have an extra chromosome. Okay. Sure. Why not? Um, and we started experimenting, and the chromosome, like the extra chromosome, makes them uh, superhuman. Uh, mm. But if you give it to bad people, it makes them bad. <laughs> and so that's it. That's the entirety of it. And to demonstrate, yeah, Rosamund, Rosamund does it in front of this bloody eel. So this is somebody's. It jumps up, and this is the other person's, and it does nothing. Yeah, this is it reacting to... Again, mm. that's another one. It's like uh, the director kind of half-remembered that scene from The Thing where Kurt Russell's mm. like with the, the hot piece of wire sticking it in the petri dishes of blood to see which one of them's infected it's like half remembered that scene and to, and tried to do an inverse version of that with the weird tongue thing um but like that that whole storyline is more implausible than we accidentally opened up a portal to hell why not just mm. why not just be that why yeah. not have it just be we accidentally opened up a portal to hell because that's the plot of Doom and you're making a film of Doom so why not do that this film made me angry and they all get all that because there's a skeleton of a woman protecting a child yeah that's where it is and they get all that from and I'll tell you one thing about Carl Urban's character Reaper she's really again you're using the word character (laughs) loosely (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but she's really annoyed that he didn't follow one of science but he's coming out with stuff that bamboozles her and she looks at him how the hell do you know of this it's like he must have followed some sort of scientific career. again it's not explained <laughs> yeah it doesn't it's not explained at all why does he know this stuff like yeah he grew up around I don't know, scientists, archaeologists, whatever their parents were supposed to be, but then decided to just like piss off and be in a marine. Why would he know all this scientific stuff? It doesn't. It, apparently, it doesn't matter. So it's just not explained. And then you um, get all sorts of stuff saying people running around, essentially going into sewers, searching for this, these right. creatures. Hang on, there's one thing I need to talk about about the sewer scene. Um, when they're first going into the sewer. Like the skeevy guy with the long hair um, gets quite obviously pulled into the water by something. Mm. And then they're all freaking out. And it's like, it's a scene that you've yeah. seen in a million times in, uh, in, yes, like, in yes. so many films. And they pull him out. And he's like, I just fell in a hole in the water. 
No, you didn't. We just watched <laughs> you pulled into the water, like the, the water by something. Why? Wouldn't it have been the rock who went in front of him falling into the same hole? Because there was no hole. He was pulled in. Why would he say, I just fell into a hole? It doesn't, none of it makes any sense. <laughs> what makes even less sense is when he gets killed and why he gets killed later. Oh, man. Anyway. I can't even remember how he gets killed. Uh, it's stupid. I'll tell you where for by, it. He gets killed by the BFG, essentially. Sarge kills him. Oh, is that when he like just shoots that big hole in the wall with the gun that he's never yeah. fired before that he doesn't know what it does? Yeah. Right, okay, yeah, that's what I was talking about. I didn't realise that was what killed him. I thought it was the monster that killed him, but like, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. Wouldn't surprise me. Like, completely negligent. Like, just pick up this gun and just start firing it around. Oh. Anyway. <laughs> what comes up? Um, so I, I don't even know, but I know Sam and another Marine are helping someone. Is it go? And they get, all of a sudden they're getting chased by a monster. And this monster is coming after him, coming after him, and they go through the Bioforce Forge door or whatever it's called, and they solidify it, and the monster gets caught in it, a bit like Han Solo in Ice. In the frozen in carbon, I think, frozen but, but not frozen. Carbon, that thing. No. Yeah. And it's coming through. Anyway, this monster turns out to be a Karmic. Because it's missing it. its ear. Yeah. That's the only evidence they've got. Yeah. I mean, who else is Mr. Earmark? That's true. <laughs> it could be the, like, the monstified yeah. Van Gogh, but sure. And I, it's this dude. I mean, what she's doing in the autopsy, I don't understand where they got this body from as well. This body of a monster just suddenly turns up. It, I mean, it's just, I mean, identified as a human. And you're like, well, is it just the outside that gets changed, not the inside? It's nuts. There's a quote. I'm going to have to try and find it because it's one of the worst like one-liners that I've ever seen in a <laughs> film ever. It's as bad. Like, it's probably worse than, you know, do you remember um, uh, Blade, the first Blade, um, yeah. when it's he right. kills the, the main vampire dude and, and, he, and he says... Um, yeah, Deacon Frost. Oh, man. What a 90s name. And he says, some motherfuckers are always trying to ice skate uphill. Yeah. And nobody <laughs> understands what that means. Oh, I've got to find it. It's when um, when Carmack's stuck in the door. Uh, what does he say? Rewatch the film. And oh, God. I don't want to, but it's it's <laughs> really it's really terrible. Um, uh, yeah, when Carmack's stuck in the door and Rosamund Pike's mm. like says, like calls out to him to not kill it and then he like he just pulls out his pistol and like shoots it in the head shoots him in the head uh, and then he yeah. says something and it's it's so bad that my brain rejected it that's <laughs> why i can't remember anyway moving on so these two guys i think it's portman the sleazy the sleazy dude and this other guy get told to guard this door the sleazy dude goes and f***s off to have a sh <laughs> makes it even worse he turns off his radio. Because none of these people... Are, yeah, well, you know, he's got to have a poo in peace. <laughs> <laughs> but then, sets it, then sends a distress signal out from his radio. Maybe he didn't oh. actually want to poo and he just wanted to send out a distress signal. Yeah, he goes to Ooh. call for backup 
which Sergeant didn't want them to do. So like, don't call, don't call for backup. Mm. Like, why not we call backup. for backup? We are the backup. No, you're not. <laughs> you're the only people there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he gets killed because his mate um, has a massive. This was weird. Do you see him swinging that uh, monitor around his head like a? Flare? Oh my god, it's so good. <laughs> When he's trapped in the in the containment cell with the monster, yeah. and he's just like, yeah. just picks up a communi- computer monitor, and starts swinging it around by his power cable. When was this movie set, by the way? Sometime in the that's future, right? In the distant yeah. future. Yeah, that's, that's all it says. Yeah. yeah, and they're still using CRTs. <laughs> this film was made in two thousand and five. Just <laughs> just remember that. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, he's flailing around and. Electrocute this monster. The problem I have is these monsters are really tough to kill in the first part of the film. Then you get to the, the famous scene, uh, and we'll come across, come to that, and these monsters are piss easy to kill. But at this moment in time, they're the hardest things ever to kill. This monster gets electrocuted, stabbed, beaten up, etc., etc., and still going. I found it. Oh, go on, I found it. So it's, yeah, Kymax stuck in the door and Rosamund Pike say that it may be reversible and, and The Rock says... It's irreversible. Not necessarily. Dr. Carmack's condition is irreversible. <laughs> because Carmack's condition is that... He's dead. <laughs> Somebody wrote that down on a page, uh, and Dwayne The Rock Johnson read that out. I mean, the worst thing is, apparently, that someone wrote that down on a page. <laughs> it went through multiple drafts. Oh, my God. Rehearsals, <laughs> and no one thought to question it. No. And then Dwayne The Rock Johnson said it, probably multiple times, mm-hmm. and then there was editing to go through. I would. I, I imagine they probably would have had to take multiple takes because he wouldn't be able to stop laughing <laughs> because that line is so bad. Like it's uh, they were trying to do like the dumb action movie thing. Like then you got to have a at least one good one liner. That was his only one liner in the in the in the entire. And it wasn't mm. even like a cool one liner. It wasn't like after he killed a like. Um, a he had another one about the BFG. Oh uh, well, yeah, he already said was like that's a big gun. No, he had another one. Um, so it was something like um, he asked, like how how many how many rounds have you got left? And the oh, other guy said, said like half a magazine. And he said, I've got one round. Yeah, is that a one liner? It's well, if I the mean, other it's, one's a one liner. It's, it's one line, I guess. I've got one round. Was that it, supposed to be cool? It's kind of the same as like. I'm here to, uh... oh shit! What is it? Kick ass and chew bubblegum. Yeah, that's the one. And I've yeah, just but that's a, bubblegum. That's yeah. a good line. It is, but it's like a rip off of that. Yeah, bad, uh, yeah, I bad. guess. <laughs> it's yeah, it's just bad. Where are we? What's it happening? Oh uh, right, so the, the two guys get killed. One gets killed in the containment cell. And oh yeah, yeah. The other one gets killed. The other one gets killed in the toilet because the hand comes down from the top. And basically pulls him up and basically explodes through the upper floor. And 
whatever than Varrock comes with a BFG and kills. I don't know if he kills a beast, kills most of a wall and his mate and one of his soldiers. Yeah, oh, I remember. Um, I wasn't sure what was happening then because that was the skeevy dude. He goes for a he goes for a dump again. Yeah, like the director yeah. half remember that scene from Jurassic Park where Gennaro goes for goes to use the toilet and um go, and yeah goes and sits in the toilet and the T Rex comes. Um, he's like he gets grabbed through the ceiling and then it's like the monster just like holds him there and just shakes him a lot. Yeah. Like yeah, there's just an arm through the ceiling and it's just he's just like wiggling him a lot while he screams and then they're just yeah. emptying all of their rounds into the ceiling and then the rock fires the BFG and kills him, presumably. Yeah. Anyway, something something happens, blah blah blah, they all find the twenty four chromosomes and stuff. Anyway, what happens is loads of people get killed, don't they? The rock gets taken. Um, Reaper gets killed as well, Cal Urban. All these soldiers get killed. It's only him, Reaper, and his sister left, and Reaper's going to die. And we all get taken the way out. And the way we figure it out is that Reaper needs to have the 24th chromosome because he is he will not turn angry. He, okay, because he's good. But first of all, yeah. there's the very, very important piece of exposition that we needed to know um, that was handled incredibly sensitively um, and very subtly, which is the only way, the only point during the film in which he realised that uh, not only is Dwayne The Rock Johnson a like terrible Marine and a terrible commander, but he's a bad dude, um, yeah. is when he shoots the, the rookie... Yes, because yeah. for, like, to go for like no oh, reason yes, whatsoever. Yes. But like, because you they've established that this twenty fourth chromosome or whatever the hell it is turns bad people bad. They had to establish that the rock was bad. Hmm. So instead of him doing lots of like bad shit throughout the film, he's just incompetent throughout the entire film, and then hmm. shoots one of his own men. For failing to kill civilians. Yeah, that's it. That's the entire. Yeah. That's his entire plot development. Oh, his entire character arc happens in like ten seconds flat. And so one of these monsters gets through the door to the arc of Abraham, but it looks like it's cutting through the door with a chainsaw. I never got that bit. No, I didn't. I don't understand. I don't like. I completely like what we were saying earlier. Like, I I didn't fully understand where anything was <laughs> in relation to anything else in this facility. And then at a certain point, and I was I was concentrating as hard as I could, but at a certain point, I completely lost track of what was happening. Something gets through to the atrium where Dexter Fletcher and the survivors are. Yeah, kills everyone, uh, and then. Presumably goes back through the arc onto Earth, which is like locked down uh, for a further like I don't know how long it is left on the clock, like twenty minutes or something. Um, and so they go back through there, and then they find lots of dead civilians in a room, but like Dexter Fletcher's still alive, and they're like, "Oh, that's fine. Nothing suspicious mm. about that." Um, and then, do you ever see him turn? No, but you do see him turn to what 
Why did he turn into a dog? Why did he turn into like a demon dog? Uh, I know, I know. It's because like that is one of the enemies that was in Doom Three, but beyond that, is there any explanation as to why he turned into a demon dog thing rather than a the humanoid creatures that everyone else had turned into? No, no, no explanation at all. Thought not. Who knows? I I have no idea. Maybe the DNA goes. If it went down. This blood cell, it'll turn into something else. Maybe it turns on this blood cell, it turns something else. I don't know. I have no idea. Anyway, sorry, I interrupted you. So yeah, Carl Urban gets the injection. Yeah, Carl Urban gets basically the injection to be take the twenty-fourth chromosome, and because he's good and he well, hang on, he gets it because he'll turn into a superhero because his sister, who has been like criticizing his choices. Uh, the choices of her brother, who is a Marine, who, as she says, spends his life looking down a sniper scope and has called himself Reaper. She's like, he's a good guy. He's, the chromosome <laughs> will definitely not turn him into a bad dude with a rude dude. Mm. Oh, that's the point. That's, that's probably the best line, isn't it? When, when we're talking about all the names, and he says it's Reaper, and he, she says, really? He just goes, soldiers, but not poets. Chalk that one up with all the other great lines in the film. <laughs> uh, so, he falls unconscious and returns to find his sister gone, essentially. And this is what was the one of the selling points of the film. Wasn't it, Nick? Was it your favourite scene? Which one? The first oh, person. Oh, God, the section. first person. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I think, like, probably, like, that is where most of the 50-odd million dollar budget went, but it was just, oh, mm. God. It was so bad. It was. It was get, It was genuinely yeah. terrible. Like, I've seen first-person sections in films before. There's, I mean, there's a film called Hardcore Henry, which is entirely first-person, um, which is trash, but Shit. kind of... It's it's kind of entertaining trash, uh, but this that whole section was done so so badly. It was like uh, it, it was kind of like a, one of those like on rails. Um, it was ooh. far too on rails. Yeah, it was like um, like a House of the Dead sort of thing. Like, yeah, um, very much like, so. Light gun games, way too uh, smooth movement and stuff. It was just um, yeah. <sighs> I'm just remembering how bad it was. It's yeah, it's mm. it's awful. It's really bad. And when you get that prolonged scene fight with a dog, the Dexter dog, demon dog. Yeah, again, no idea why he turned into a monster dog. No. Um, yeah, he has an epic first-person chainsaw fight with the monster dog that definitely doesn't go on for far too long. Um. To the point where this is like the big action section of the, the mm. film. And I just started like looking at Twitter on my phone. I got thoroughly bored by that section. It went, it was, it was terrible. And like at first, like you kind of like point at the screen and laugh because it's done so Ooh. badly. Then it goes on for so long that it just gets, it stops being funny and starts being boring. And I can't believe how, how long that scene lasted because I watched it. I finished this film today. 
And I will have to say, this film looks quite good on the small screen in terms of a mobile device. (laughs) (laughs) I should have done. I should have watched it on my phone. (laughs) It's always the the hallmark of a good film is when someone says, it looks really good on a mobile screen. (laughs) Don't watch it. Martin Scorsese would would be loving this. Yes. I know. So I started on the big screen, 55 inch last night, and I finished it on the mobile and the mobile is a lot better yeah do you not doubt that so you get the fps and then you get the big showdown between reaper and the rock the big showdown but it felt in that point of view that fps scene that these monsters were really easy to kill just because he has the 24th chromosome and that must affect the bullets as well yeah it makes the bullets stronger in fact, when he presses his finger, those bullets are charged with the 24th chromosome as well. Yeah. And he's, yeah. Whereas these monsters early in the film are difficult to kill, but these ones are just like, mm, nope. One hit wonders, and he's just killing him left, right, and center. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, the Sarge and Reaper have a chat about the rounds, about how much ammo they're carrying. In their guns, um, the rock clenches his fist a bit. You can hear a little crack. Okay, and then they shoot each um, other and miss. Yeah, um, from about two meters. So yeah. we're keeping social distancing there. It's like quite, the. Um, um, you ever seen that scene? It was like, it was either in um, Police Squad or one of the uh, Naked Gun films. Where Leslie Nielsen and someone having a shootout, and they're like, it keeps cutting between the two of them, like yes. having a shoot, and then the camera zooms out, and they're about three feet away from each other. I know. Yeah. The bo- it was like the that. Box. <laughs> <laughs> but at least them two were ducking. Um, these two are just really bad shots. All of a sudden, Carl yeah. Urban can't aim his gun. Well, it's taken from a first point. First point of view, isn't it? Oh yeah, he's no longer in first person mode, and he can't aim properly. oh god and Um, then yeah then we get the most underwhelming superhuman fist fight ever committed to film mm. there was nothing about it was there it was just like they like just throw each other around a little bit through the cardboard set yeah um grab it grab each other by the feet and like I said throw each other up and um, throw each other up to another floor yeah and then I'll jump up and follow you and then the rock like Surprise. winds like some metal pipe around his his um... that was actually that was actually quite cool but why you know what I don't know it was a weapon why but was it I used it as a weapon. It didn't even right no he just kind of like wrapped it around his wrist like, what's Ooh. that going to do? It just looked cool for that scene. <laughs> I'm sure the director thought it did. And then, well, he wraps it up and he get, grabs Curl Urban by the throat eventually and untangles it a bit again, doesn't he? Because he has to strain it up again because he forgot to um, actually have it as a weapon. You know, so it has a spike at the end. Yeah. And then, like, sticks and, it through Carl Urban's hand. And then Carl, uh, to stop himself being stabbed... Carl Urban activates the arc. Oh no, the rock's turning into a monster as well. Yeah, the rock starts turning into a monster thing. And like, yeah, activates the arc. uh, And then this is when I thought, 
Oh, I remember early on in the film, Dexter Fletcher's character was like, "I, you know, uh, the thing went wrong, and I, my half of me ended up here, and half of me ended up somewhere else." And like, he's he likes he's holding the rocks, like holding onto the rock upper half, and his feet are dangling in the arc Ooh. thing. And I thought, oh yeah, I thought he'd rip it. He's going to use it to rip him in half. No, Ooh. no, he doesn't. He just holds him there for a bit and then lets him go. Because Ooh. that would have made the whole plot point earlier actually mean something in the film. Yeah. And they just couldn't do that. That it needed to be <laughs> Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like um, the opposite of... Um, what do they call it? Is it Chekhov's gun? The thing yeah. like if you see a gun in the first Ooh. act of a film, then someone's going to get shot. Shoot it in the second. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's like they keep on introducing these little plot devices and then completely forget that they exist or maybe they deliberately did it like just to be annoying i don't know i i, I can't i uh, this brain this film makes my brain hurt <laughs> so yeah he just holds the rock for a while and i thought right he's gonna get he's gonna rip in half and then he just lets him go and then he flies back through and then he, he says something and throws a grenade through the arc does anyone remember what his line yeah. was? Okay, so I'm guessing this is this is a reference to one of the characters. Like the young guy was called like the kid, Ooh. like the nervous yeah. one that um, that side shoots. So he like it, like primes the grenade and then says, "Like the kid said, go to hell," and then throws the grenade Ooh. through the thing. Was that was the go um, to hell thing a reference to the fact that it was supposed to be demons? Because it wasn't, uh, and I don't remember the. I don't remember the the kid. I don't remember anything that the kid said. Any point apart from he wanted some drugs at one point. Wherever Rock dies, is he on Earth or is he on Mars? I I presume uh, that he's he's back on Mars. Um, otherwise, well, but who knows? Who knows where anything is anymore? Anyway, Rock dies, um, <laughs> and then and then the next thing you get is. Carl Urban going up in the lift with Rosamund Pike holding her and he goes it's home or something or coming home I, I don't know Q2 Nine Inch Nails and I'm sure Trent Reznor mm. was real happy real happy yeah. to have his music included well he must have been he must have signed off on it but to be fair there's been some of his music has been in some terrible films uh, but none quite as bad as this no. Do you remember what the song I was, know. Nick? Um, I I looked it up yesterday, but I can't. I know it it wasn't the original that was featured. It was a remix. I didn't stick around to watch that much of the credits because most of the Netflix was like, "Hey, do you want to watch something else instead?" And I was uh, yeah. you know, when it comes in, it's like, "God, please, yes, it <laughs> <is>. anything." <laughs> uh, you know what you are. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it was a remix by Clint Mansell. Oh no! So two incredible musicians had their names tarnished by this nonsense. <laughs> I mean, he didn't Clint do the, Mansell, soundtrack, the soundtrack, did he? Clint, yeah, yeah, he did. He did the soundtrack for this film. Yes, that's what it says here. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, composed by Clint Mansell, and he produced a remix of the Nanish Nails song "You Know What You Are," which was used in the ending credits. I mean, that's- in fairness. Clint Mansell also did the music for Aliens Colonial Marines. Yeah, okay, it's true. (laughs) I guess everyone has to do some stinkers every now and then. 
but wow. So, would we recommend this movie? No. No. watched some objectively terrible films for this ballyhoo nonsense that you have foisted upon us yes when this did this entire... even like why are we why do we do this it was andy's idea there's some uh, gems out there don't worry we haven't, we haven't come across them yet i'm still very confused like do we just watch films or we watch films that are of video game ip so yes <laughs>